Welcome to the Wellness and High Performance Podcast with your host, Coach Peter. Wellness is the foundation that unlocks your highest performance both mentally and physically and allows you to enjoy life to its fullest. In each episode, I share bite-sized health, fitness and performance lessons that are going to help you to live your best life. So, put on your shoes, head out of the door and start stepping into your potential. Hello friends, this is Coach Pürer. I hope that your day is off to a great start. My day and my week is off to an absolutely fantastic start. And one of the reasons is relating to today's topic, which is going to be relating to the fact that miracles do still happen. And the miracle that has happened is that Melbourne's gyms are going to open. Unbelievable. This is absolutely amazing and it is a positive thing. It is I'm so happy about it, but I do have to say I'm I am very very sad. I'm very very sad because of the fact that how this thing has played out. So if you not if you don't live in Melbourne, I just get you up to speed. So basically, we've been in lockdown for I think it's well over 300 days now. Not consecutively, but within the last couple of years. And the latest lockdown it started somewhere, it was early August, so what, that makes it um, 10, 12, 3 months, 10, 10 to 12 weeks. It's been really hard for a lot of people, a lot of people have really been struggling, people haven't been able to exercise much, you know, it's been winter and not everyone can just go and grab a couple of kettlebells and get into the park, you know, if you're someone with some movement restrictions, for you to be able to challenge your muscles effectively and your cardiorespiratory fitness effectively, you need exercise equipment, you need a bike, you need resistance training machines that allow you to challenge your muscles safely. Not everyone is like you or me, if you're you know healthy, you can just grab a couple of kettlebells, get into the park and have a great session. So for a lot of people, this has been a time where you haven't been able to exercise and this is a time when our health and our immunity has been really brought to the forefront and the fact that you really do have to take care of your well-being and you really do have to exercise and you really do have to take care of your fitness is something that's absolutely to me it's crystal clear right now it's absolutely clear but through evidence we have absolutely mountains of evidence suggesting and showing that amount of muscle mass up until a certain point, as long as you have a certain amount of muscle mass and your cardiorespiratory fitness is above a certain threshold, your likelihood of dying for any reason, this is not just from an infection from a viral disease, this is from, you know, from a freak of nature, from (laughs) anything, an earthquake and slipping in your bathroom, anything, you know, going across the road and getting hit by a car, anything, your likelihood of dying from any reason will be lower if you have a certain level of muscle mass and if your cardiorespiratory fitness is above a certain threshold. So with that kind of on the backdrop, we can kind of replay what actually happened here in Victoria when we came out of lockdown. This has all been done in the name of health and in the name of immunity. So you would expect 
that the roadmap out of this would have included some kind of a push towards citizens beginning to take better care of their own immunity and their health. What happened? Well, what happened was that we had our pubs were open with some, you know, not many people are allowed to go there, but you were able to get into a pub. I'm able to go to McDonald's. I'm able to go to KFC. I'm able to get, get all this junk food, but you're not allowed to go to the gym. What? Yeah, you're not allowed to go to the gym. Okay. What about the sauna in my apartment block? Can I go and sit in the sauna just by myself? Because sauna use has been shown to have incredible health benefits for your cardiorespiratory health, your immunity, your neurological health. Can I just go and sit in the sauna all by myself? Book the the sauna at a, one person at a time and go there? Um, no. Oh. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Because I kind of thought that this was about, you know, health, immunity, well-being... That's certainly not the message that has been laid out to the public here in Victoria. And it makes me incredibly sad as someone who's really poured their whole life into understanding how do you make this human body, first of all, function as well as it can, both physically and and mentally. And how do you extend the half-life? How do you make this human body last as long as it can possibly last? To me, it's crystal clear that resistance training is the number one thing. And the muscle mass and cardiorespiratory fitness are the most important things, among with sleep and good nutrition. These are the most important things that you should pay attention to. But what does what the public messaging say? It's, yep, um, not so important. Let's, let's open up the pubs first. Let's open up Maccas first. And then, yeah, we'll open up the gyms. So, anyway, I've got that out of my chest. Um, feels good now. So, now we can flip this around. We This is why me and my girlfriend, Teresa, we're such a good combo because I'm always focusing on these things that are, you know, not a negative, but, like, I'm an annoyed about this thing. And I think for a good reason. But she's been positive. She's, look, babe, there's all these things we can do. We can finally travel. We can finally go to the... We don't go to the pub. We can finally go get some food. Amazing. So let's flip this around. Let's look at a positive. The gyms are going to open. Amazing. Gyms are going to open. So with this backdrop, today's topic is going to be about how do you actually return to training after having an extended amount of time away from the gym? And this is very applicable. Not only, obviously, if you live in Melbourne, you can apply this right now. But Chances are, even if you live anywhere else in the world, and even if you do have access to a gym, chances are that at some point in your life, you're going to take a holiday. You're going to go away for a couple of weeks, or for some reason, you're just, you know, you're not going to go and train for a couple of months or even years. And there are certain things that can be applied to when you do return back to training that can really make you, they can really set yourself up for long term success. And with that in mind, also, you can really reduce the chances of any kind of negative consequences, negative side effects, you know, injuring yourself. That's the worst thing that could happen when you return back to training. But unfortunately, that is a very, very common thing. So luckily, there are three things 
that I can impart to you today that are going to dramatically increase the chances of you having a really, really productive and really long set you up for long-term success with your training and we can really reduce your chances of injuring yourself when you return back to training after an extended time on a holiday before i get to that i would just like to remind you about the opportunity that you have to show your appreciation to me and the podcast by leaving me a rating and a review on apple podcasts and if you don't follow us through apple that's okay if you still want to show your appreciation, you can go to Google, you can Google Coach Buru, and you can leave me a rating and a review on Google, and I would appreciate that very, very much. As always, you're also welcome to send me a message on Instagram, at Coach Buru. You're free to ask me questions or give me any suggestions or any kind of feedback for future episodes or anything, anything that's come up in mind. Just let me know that you're listening to this. Let me know that you're out there. I would love to connect with you. So, returning back to training. Our goal is to get back to productive training that sets you up for long-term success and minimizes the chances of injuring yourself when you go back to the gym. The first thing when returning back to the gym is to start with the minimum effective dose. Okay? Think of exercise like medicine. People often say this, exercise is medicine because it's good for you. Well, yes, it is. I agree with that statement 100%. But exercise is like medicine from a lot of different angles too. So if you want to get the best outcomes with medicine, you need to administer the right medicine in the right dose for the right person at the right time. And then you need to progressively increase the dose as your body creates tolerance to this medicine. That's how it works. Well, exercise is no different. When getting back into training, start with the minimum effective dose. Or if you've never exercised before, you gotta start with the minimum effective dose with the right type of a dose, you know, the right type of exercise. I'm gonna talk about that a little bit later. And then you need to progressively increase the dose as your body becomes fitter, as you build muscle, as you get stronger. You know, what what works for you in the beginning of your training career is not going to work for you forever. But the main point is that when you start training, when you come back to training after having some time, time off, you need to start with the minimum effective dose. So I want, to, I want you to think about the minimum effective dose through the lens of the volume landmarks. And the volume landmarks are, it's a concept that's made popular. It's completely by um, a guy called Mike Isertel. So Mike Isertel, Dr. Mike Isertel is a PhD in exercise physiology and he is the leading content creator um, leading content creator of Renaissance Periodization. Renaissance Periodization is a community of PhDs who are very, very passionate about training, nutrition, all things of that matter, and they put out some amazing content, especially for coaches and for lay people as well. If you want to really develop your understanding to a much, much deeper level about your training or nutrition, I would highly recommend you to check it out. And I've just finished reading Mike's scientific principles of hypertrophic training book and it's been absolutely fantastic resource so i would highly recommend you to check it out so in the scientific principles of hypertrophic training book mike is the lays out the volume landmarks so we have the 
first volume landmark is maintenance volume. So maintenance volume refers to the amount of work that you need to do to maintain the current level of muscle mass or strength that you have. So let's say it's, it's going to be an arbitrary number. It's going to be two sets a week. Okay, so if you just do two sets a week, you're going to maintain your muscle mass. This is an arbitrary number. Then after maintenance volume, we have minimum effective volume. So now this is your minimum effective dose that you need to start from. So the minimum effective volume means that this is the amount of work. That's the least amount of work that you can do or you need to do to be able to stimulate your body to change. So your body is going to, you're going to provide a stimulus for your body to build muscle, get stronger or to get fitter. After minimum effective dose, minimum effective volume, the next volume landmark is maximum adaptive volume. Okay, so maximum adaptive volume refers to the amount of work that is, it's the most that your body can still tolerate and you can still make your best gains. Okay, so you can think of making your, you're, you're going to make the best gains when it comes to your strength your and hypertrophy building muscle when you're training between the minimum effective dose minimum effective volume and the maximum adaptive volume okay after maximum adaptive volume we have one more volume landmark which is the maximum recoverable volume so this is the amount of work it's the most amount of work that you can do and you're still recovering from it. And if you keep, if you sustain this amount of work for a long time, or if you do any amount of work more than this, you're actually, your results are going to start declining. Your injury risk is going to increase dramatically. And you might actually start getting weaker and you might actually start losing muscle. So this is not ideal. And when you get to the point of your training volumes have increased so high that you are training beyond your maximum recoverable volume, you can't sustain it. You have to take a deal or what we call deal when we reduce the training volume for a period of time, usually a week, and we allow your body to recover fully so that we can start a new training program. Guess where we're going to start the program? We're going to start it at the minimum effective volume that's right. So when you take that rest week, your volume tolerance is going to or your the amount of work that you need to do to stimulate gains is going to come down which might change the exercise a little bit, we change the exercise to something new, perhaps not always. But the idea is that you always start at the minimum effective volume and then you work your way up through the training program. You know, this can be anywhere from four to six to eight weeks for one training program. You work your way up towards your maximum recoverable volume, then you deload, and then you start the process again. So the minimum effective volume, it refers when you, we're talking about returning back to training if we want to start with the minimum effective dose, what does that mean? Well, we need to think about not only the amount of total work, which is the easiest way to quantify that is through your sets. But we also need to think about the load. So how much load do you have to use to stimulate your muscles to grow? So it turns out that there is a certain threshold of the amount of tension that needs to be applied to your muscles to stimulate them to grow effectively. So the minimum 
tension is about 30% from what you can lift for your maximum. So according to the scientific principles of hypertrophy training, when you're training between 30% and 85% of what you can lift for one rep, that is when you are applying enough of a stimulus, enough of a tension stimulus to your muscles to stimulate hypertrophist response, meaning to stimulate building muscle. Okay, So how do you know that you're applying enough tension to your muscles? And how do you know that you're not applying too much tension to your muscles? This is where we get to the practical application of this first tip, which is that start with the minimum effective dose. So we can measure this subjectively with something known as reps in reserve. Okay, So reps in reserve means that when you finish your set, you're going to ask yourself, how many more reps did I have in reserve? Okay, so when you get to, let's say I'm going to give you a set of 10 of squats, for example, you do 10 squats, and then I ask you, how many reps in reserve did you have after that 10, 10 repetitions? And if you answer to me, oh, I got 10 more reps in the tank, like the weight was really, really light for you, that means that you you haven't stimulated your muscles to grow efficiently. And it turns out that you need to get between 5 and 0 reps in reserve to stimulate the best muscle growth gains. So if your training is when you finish your sets and you're not getting within five repetitions away from failure, that means that the tension that you're applying to your muscles is very likely to be less than what is required to stimulate any new muscle growth. So that's a bit of a problem. And this doesn't mean that you should go straight to failure either, because guess what? Straight Going straight to failure, that is training above the minimum effective dose, and that is going to increase the amount of fatigue that you're going to be building up through your training, and that's going to reduce the amount of weeks that you can spend with productive progressive overload in your training program. So the practical application here is, how do you know that I'm starting with the minimum effective dose when it comes to the loading of my exercises? You're going to start by finishing all your sets with at least four to five reps from failure. Okay, so you have to have at least four to five reps in reserve when you finish your set. So that's the practical application. What do, what do you want to do when the gym's open next Friday? at 6 p.m., which is, by the way, a weird thing that the gyms are going to open at 6 p.m. on a Friday. Not 7, 6 a.m., 6 p.m. Anyways, what can you do? apply? Well, I would suggest don't take your sets any closer to failure than 4 to 5 reps. And then, as the training program advances, as you go throughout the weeks, we're going to increase the amount of sets that you do. So that's how we progressively overload your volume. And then you're also going to be working your way up to weights and sets where you have less and less reps in reserve when you finish the set. So you're going to get closer and closer and closer to training to failure and only having maybe one rep or zero reps in the tank when you finish your set. The second tip when it comes to returning back to the gym successfully and reducing the chances of injuries 
is to choose exercises that allow for greater ranges of motion and less external load and still stimulate muscle growth. Here's what I mean. When we are lifting weights, you can choose ex different exercises. We can choose different implements, right? Certain implements and certain exercises are going to allow you to move your joints through larger ranges of motion than other exercises. For example, if I'm holding dumbbells by my side when I'm doing a bench press, I can bring the dumbbells much, much further down and my shoulder joint is going to go through a larger range of motion and my pectoral muscles, my chest muscles are going to be stretched and my triceps and my shoulders are going to go through larger range of motion compared to if I'm holding a barbell in my hand. So if you have a barbell, when you're lowering it down, the barbell is going to stop when the barbell hits your chest. Whereas if you have dumbbells, it's not going to hit your chest. You can keep going down further and further. And the research seems pretty clear at this point in time. And a lot of physiotherapists around, in fact, 99% of all physiotherapists around the world agree that it is a really good idea for overall joint health to take your joints through as much range of motion as possible when you you're, when you do your resistance training. This doesn't mean that you have to do all the time. You only choose exercise that allow you to take you to full range of motion. You know, as if, as in the example of dumbbells versus barbell bench press. But it does mean that it is good for general joint health to take your joints through their full range of motion. And the cool thing is that when you take your, your joints through their full range of motion, you're going to, because of your lifting the weight for a longer distance, you're taking, you're still, you're actually doing more work because you're taking the weight through a larger distance. If I was using the same weight in a barbell bench press, and barbell dumbbell bench press, as in this example, if I lower this, let's say I have two 20 kilo dumbbells in my hands versus having a 40 kilo barbell in my hand. If I bring the 20 kilo dumbbells all the way down, I'm lifting them through a larger distance. Okay, so now with versus if I'm holding a 40 kilo barbell in my chest. So the takeaway from this is that because the distance is going to be larger, you're actually providing a bigger stimulus to your muscles to grow, but you're using less external load, you know, and this is absolutely fantastic. It's when you compare how much weight can you lift when you squat, if you take it to a full range of motion, ass to grass, heels elevated, how much weight can you use versus if you do a half squat, you could probably, you know, do like, way over like 1.5 times your body weight half squats for most people with no problem if you have a little bit of training behind you. But if you take the same weight, you take a front loaded squat and you elevate your heels and you really take your knees and your hips through their full range of motion, you're not going to be able to use as much weight, but you will still provide a great stimulus for your muscles to grow Plus, it's really, really healthy for your joints when you take them through their full range of motion. So to recap, the second tip when returning back to training is that you should choose exercises that allow you to take your joints through large ranges of motion 
and stimulate your muscles to grow with less external load. For example, choosing a dumbbell bench press instead of choosing a barbell bench press. For example, choosing a front-loaded squat variation like a front squat or a safety bar squat or a goblet squat versus back squat or a low bar back squat especially. And a good rule of thumb is that you are going to find a full range of motion. You're most often going to find it with dumbbell exercises, dumbbell and machine-based exercises. And you're oftentimes not going to find it with barbell-based exercises. So the third tip when returning back to the gym is that you should think about the long game. And the reality is that if you haven't exercised for a while, you probably lost some muscle and you might have put on some body fat if you haven't moved as much. And especially here in Australia, summer is coming. You know, it's time to get on the summer shred program. And by the way, you know, everyone in Finland, because I know that in Finland, as they say, the cold winds are rising and the winter is coming. Summer is definitely not coming. Sorry about that. Anyways, where most of the people are in Australia. Summer is coming. That's fantastic. So I know that if you've taken a break from your training and you're feeling and you're not looking your best, you're not feeling your best, you're not looking your best, summer is coming, oh my God, holidays are coming. I know how tempting it can be to just jump on some absolutely insta-famous summer shred program with the summer shreds with a big Z in the end. How... It can be so tempting to jump on a program like that and start training seven days a week, twice a day, go crazy, okay? The reason why so many people keep falling for this sort of a short-term approach is that this short-term approach works every time. It works. It really works. But the problem is that it works for a really short period of time. And therefore, it fails every single time to provide long-lasting, sustainable results. So this goes back to straight back to the first tip I gave you today. I said that you should start with the minimum effective dose and then increase that dose progressively as your tolerance increases. So if you've had a couple of months off, if you haven't even a couple of weeks off from training, or if you've never exercised before, your minimum effective dose is going to be incredibly low. And that's not a bad thing. That's a really, really good thing. It's only going to take a couple sets, you know, a couple of good sets with good execution of your exercise per muscle group per week to stimulate them to grow from the beginning. Okay. So what about what's going to happen if you jump on a training program where you're training five or seven days a week, you might be training twice a day, and you start with the most amount of sets that you can tolerate and you start with the biggest amount of weights that you can barely recover from in the week one. What's the problem with that? Well, you might be able to tolerate it for a couple of weeks, but then you are going to crash and burn and your injury risk is going to be incredibly high. So this is not an intelligent approach at all. Instead, the intelligent approach is to play the long game. Start with the minimum effective dose. Start by going to the gym three to four days a week. You aim to hit all the major muscle groups with compound movements, meaning these are big, large, full body movements using mostly dumbbells and machines with perfect technique 
and great mind-muscle connection when you lift your, lift your weights. You're going to start by doing two to three sets per exercise and you're going to leave at least four reps in the tank on the first week of your program with every single exercise. If you do anything more than this, that is going to be unnecessary and that is going to be very unproductive because you are going to shorten the runway that you have to make your best gains in your training program. So to explain what I mean by this runway, and this is really where intelligent, what does what intelligent training programming look like? Intelligent training programming maximizes the amount of runway, meaning the amount of weeks that you have to do productive training when you are giving your body a stimulus to change. So the way I want you to visualize this runway is I have a line here. On the left side of the line, in the end of the line, we have point A. Okay, this is the beginning. This is the minimum effective dose. This is where your runway to make your gains starts. On the other end of the runway, we have point C. That's where the runway stops. This is the most amount of volume and the most amount of work that your body can possibly recover from. Okay. In the middle, we have point B. In the middle, the point B is going to be the amount of work and load that is higher than the start of the runway. It's higher than your minimum effective dose, but it's less than your maximum recoverable dose. The whole idea is to start on the left and then start with the minimum effective dose and then move progressively towards the right. The further left you can start and the farther right you can move before you have to deload because it's excessive fatigue, the more weeks, this means that the more weeks you can stimulate your muscles to grow and the more weeks you can stimulate your muscles to grow and get stronger. This is very, very good. This is an intelligent approach. So what happens if you start at point B? What happens if you start somewhere in the middle of the runway? Well, what, what happens if you start by doing more than what is necessary? Well, you're still likely to stimulate some muscle growth. I mean, absolutely. Sorry, I should have put it this way. You are likely to stimulate more growth in the first few weeks of your training program. But because you have started closer to your maximum recoverable volume, you are going to have to deload and you're going to have to stop your training cycle earlier than you would have if you had started at your minimum effective dose and all the way in the other end of the runway. And that means that there's going to be at least two to three weeks, or it depends, this is just an example. It's going to be many, many weeks that you could have kept going with the same program, with the same exercises, and providing your body a fantastic stimulus to grow. You know, this is going to absolutely, almost certainly, outweigh the potential extra gains by going hard or going home in the first week of the training program. So this goes into another topic which I won't get into right now and I'll actually I want to make a podcast about it later on which is that how often should you change your training programs anyway because uh, many many people make the mistake of changing their exercises and their training programs too too soon you're simply cutting your runway short instead maximize the runway and I empathize with the listener 100% because 
the online space is absolutely saturated with you know we have coaches and we have programs that they can they promote they promise and they can get you great results in the very short term but these approaches fail to provide you sustainable results simply because they are not designed with the customer's long-term interest in mind personally i've been training since 2008 which means that that is 13 years now that i've been training and i've been making significant progress from year to year and i haven't i'm not planning to stop i know that with these scientific principles and applying these scientific principles into my training i can keep progressing for decades to come like i'm i'm not worried that i'm going to hit my genetic potential anytime soon like no way and i've been really lucky because you know right now i have a great coach Seamus Seamus Hayes from iron.fix i would highly recommend you to check him out but i've been lucky because i've had some really good mentoring and some really good guidance along the way and but beyond that i've really poured my life and my soul into understanding this this stuff at a deeper level for at least 6 years now for the 6 years that i've been a personal trainer and during these 6 years i've had you know thousands of hours of real world experience in putting this theory into practice with real human beings and all this has culminated into this point where i am finally going to launch my own training programming app this app that i'm going to launch is powered through my strength book and my strength book is the only training app available that is specifically designed for strength and conditioning training every decision that has been made in developing this app has been made with the customer in mind and the really cool thing is that it is a prerequisite to work on the development of the app that you have to lift weights you actually have to do strength and conditioning training to be able to work on the company so that means that everything that they put into the app is something that they use and it's very very customer friendly and the product is absolutely phenomenal so i'm very excited to make the announcement right now right here that i'm going to be launching my own subscription subscription based ongoing training programming through the my strength book app within the next couple of weeks so how it works is that if you're subscribed you get access to all the training programs that I'm going to upload into the program and you will also get access to high quality in-depth exercise execution demonstration videos by myself through the app and this is super important and this could have been a point altogether for today's episode because if you want to really maximize your valuable training time and reduce the chances of negative side effects it's not just what you do at the gym or with your training wherever you are that matters but it's also how you do it knowing how to execute your exercise properly and following a training program that is laid out in a way that prioritizes your long-term progress this is the most intelligent way to approach your training and in fact this is the only approach that there is that can lead to sustainable muscle strength and fitness gains while minimizing the chances of injuries and stagnation and poor results so if you want to get notified as soon as the app becomes available i'm working very hard on it 
click the link in the show notes or go to coachbooter.com slash app to join the waiting list and you're going to be the first one to know when it comes out. So to do a bit of a recap on how to return to training in a way that sets you up for long-term success and minimize the chances of injuries. Number one, start with the minimum effective dose. This means starting with two to three sets for any exercise that you do at the gym. You don't need to do more than that in the first couple of weeks. And leaving at least four repetitions in the tank when you finish your exercise. Secondly, choose exercises that allow you to challenge your joints and your muscles through their full range of motion and therefore stimulate hypertrophy adaptations, meaning building muscle, with much less external load compared to half range of motion training. The practical tip is going to be to choose dumbbell exercises over barbell exercises. The last tip I'm giving you is to think about the long game. Think about the long game. It's not it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. If you wanna make your body last as long as it can, if you wanna be as strong and able and capable old citizen as you can possibly be, this is a long game, this is not a short game. So stop playing the short game and start playing the long game. It's the only approach that makes any sense. The best way to put all these into practice now and forever after is going to be to get started on the Coach Booter Training app as soon as it becomes available within the next couple of weeks. I'm going to let you know when it does. If you've enjoyed today's episode, if you've taken some valuable tips out of today's episode, I would love to hear what was that one tip that you took out of today's episode. Please send me a message on Instagram at Coach Buter. Please, if you haven't already, take the opportunity to rate and review the podcast either on Apple Podcasts or when you Google Coach Buter. That will help me out a lot and I would appreciate that so much. I would appreciate that so much. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you've enjoyed the episode as much as I have. This one was an absolute blast. Can't wait to get to the gym next week. Thank you so much for listening. Have a fantastic rest of the day. This is Coach Puter. Let's do this.